Okay, welcome everyone. Now we're starting, not starting, uh, we're continuing our study of the Visuddhimagga. Robin, you want to give us an introduction? Where are we? Sure, we're on Chapter 7, on page 203, number 49. And um, for our new people here this week, what we do is we just um, go down the list alphabetically and read. If you if you don't have a mic or um, you're not able to um, read aloud this week for some reason, just mute yourself so we'll know. But otherwise, we'll just go right down the list. So um, if you could start us off, Aurora, that would be great. We're continuing on with Buddha Nusati. So we're going through the qualities of the Buddha. And these are what someone who is practicing mindfulness of the Buddha would contemplate. And so the explanation, it's going to be like this with most of the rest of the uh, meditation subjects. Uh, it's a detailed explanation for the as a background knowledge for the practitioner to have this theory and this knowledge of what exactly it is we are contemplating, so that when you when you actually put it into practice, these qualities, these thought, these concepts will uh, arise in the mind or will be quick to come because of the, having it all in the back of your mind. So sometimes it seems a little detailed. Why is this all theoretical? Well, this is the preliminary uh, understanding that you need in order to really clearly make a meditation, uh, cont meditative contemplation with full knowledge and awareness of what it is that you're contemplating. So today we're on teachers of gods and men. Teacher of gods and men. He teaches by means of here and now, of the life to come and of the ultimate goal, according as befits the case, thus he is the teacher. And furthermore, this meaning should be understood according to the Nadesa, thus, Teacher, the Blessed One is a caravan leader, since he brings home caravans. Just as one who brings a caravan home gets caravans across a wilderness, gets them across a robber-infested wilderness, gets them across a wild beast-infested wilderness, gets them across a foodless wilderness, gets them across a waterless wilderness, gets them right across, gets them quite across, gets them properly across, gets them to reach a land of safety, so too the Blessed One is a caravan leader, one who brings home the caravans. He gets them across a wilderness, gets them across the wilderness of birth. Of gods and men, Deva Manusanam, resolution of compound. Uh, this is said in order to denote those who are the best and also to note those persons capable of progress. For the Blessed One, as a teacher, bestowed his teaching upon animals as well. For when animals can, through listening to the Blessed One's Dhamma, acquire the benefit of a suitable rebirth as support for progress, and with the benefit of that same support, they come in their second or third rebirth to partake of the path and its fruition. Thank you, Glenn. Jason, are you able to read? Do you have a mic hooked up? 
Maybe not. Laszlo, would you be able to read 51? Yes. Manka, the deity's son, and others illustrate this. While the Blessed One was teaching the Dhamma to the inhabitants of the city of Champa on the banks of the Gagara Lake, it seems a frog apprehended a sign in the Blessed One's voice. A cowherd who was standing leaning on a stick put his stick on the frog's head and crushed it. He died and was straightway reborn in a gilded divine place twelve leagues broad in the realm of the thirty-three. He found himself there as if waking up from sleep amidst a host of celestial nymphs and he exclaimed, So I have actually been reborn here. What deed did I do? When he sought for the reason, he found it was none other than his apprehension of the sign in the Blessed One's voice. He went with his divine palace at once to the Blessed One and paid homage at his feet. Though the Blessed One knew about it, he asked him, Who now pays homage at my feet, shining with glory of success, illuminating all around with beauty so astounding? In my last life I was a frog, the waters of a pound my home. A coward's crook ended my life while listening to your Dhamma. The Blessed One him the Dhamma. 84,000 creatures gained penetration to the Dhamma. As soon as the deity's son became established in the fruition of stream entry, he smiled and then vanished. Just a quick note, the word Devaputta doesn't actually mean deity's son. Putta here means descendant of, it literally means son, but Devaputta is just a word used to mean angel, like one of the family of angels. So it's not, deity's son is too literal. It literally, it really just means uh, belonging to the family of angels. So being an angel, basically, it's an expression. I think even Mars addressed like that in some places. Devaputtamara. That's right. The word putta is it's used. It literally means son, but it's used colloquially to mean uh, descendant of. And even that is is misleading because it's not like they actually give birth. It's just it's a general word like sakya putta. It just it doesn't mean literally a son it's, it means belonging to the family so that just means being an angel devaputta is another word for angel thank you naga are you able to read 52 like you just have to unmute yourself let me try He is enlightened Buddha. Buddha. Can you hear me? Yes, yes very well. well. He is enlightened Buddha with the knowledge that belongs to the fruit of liberation. Since everything that can be known has been discovered by him. On, or alternatively, he discovered the four truths by himself and awakened others to them. Thus, and for others... For other such reasons, he is enlightened, and in order to explain this meaning, the whole passage in the Nidesha beginning thus, he is the discoverer, 
Buddhijithar of the truth. Thus, he is enlightened Buddha. He is awakened Buddhijithar of the generation. Thus, he is enlightened Buddha. Nit 14.57 Or the same passage from the Patisambhita should be quoted in detail. Uh, blessed is a term sig signifying the respect and veneration accorded to him as the highest of all beings and distinguished by his special qualities. Hence the ancient said, blessed is the best of words, blessed is the finest word. Deserving awe and veneration, blessed is the, is the name therefore. Or alternatively, names are of four kinds denoting a period of life, describing a particular mark, signifying a particular acquirement, and fortuitously arisen, which last in the current usage of the word is called capricious. Herein names denote a period of life are those such as yearling calf, steer to be trained, yoke ox, and the like. Names describing a particular mark are those such as staff bearer, umbrella bearer, top-knot wearer, hand-possessor, and the like. Names signifying a particular requirement are those such as possessor of the threefold clear vision, possessor of the six direct knowledges, and the like. Such names are Sirawadaka, augmenter of luster, Danawadaka, augmenter of wealth, etc., are fortuitously arisen names, they have no reference to the word meanings. This name blessed is one signifying a particular requirement. It is not made by Mahamaya or by King Suddhodana or by 80,000 kingsmen or by distinguished deities like Sakka, Santosita and others. And this is said to said by the general of law, general of the law, blessed. This is not a name made by a mother. This name, Buddha, which signifies final liberation, is a realistic description of Buddhas, enlightened ones. The blessed ones, together with their obtainment of omniscient knowledge at the root of enlightenment, at the root of an enlightenment tree. Now, in order to extend also the special quality signified by this name, they cite the following stanza. Help. Yeah, let me say that then. Let's just for sake of completion. Bagi, bagi, bagi. Vibhattava iti, akasi bhaganti garuti bhagyava, bahuhi nyayehi subhavitattano, bhavantagoso bhagavati ujjati. The reverend one has blessings, is a frequenter, a partaker possessor of what has been analyzed 
he has caused abolishing. He is fortunate. He has fully developed himself in many ways. He has gone to the end of becoming. Thus, is called blessed. The meaning of these words should be understood according to the method of explanation given in the Nidesa. But there is this other way, Bhagyava Bhagava Yuto Bhagehicha Vibhatava. Bhatava Vantagamano Bhavesu Bhagava Tato. He is fortunate, Bhagyava, possessed of abolishment, Bhagava, associated with blessings, Yuto Bhagehi and the possessor of what has been analyzed, Vibhattava. He has frequented Bhattava, and he has rejected going in the kinds of becoming, Vantagamano Bhavesu. Thus he is blessed, Bhagava. Herein, by using the characteristic of language beginning with vowel augmentation of syllable, elision of syllable, or by using the characteristic of insertion beginning with the example of Isodara, Isodaksa, etc., it may be known that he can also be called blessed when he can be called fortunate, owing to the fortunateness to have reached the further shore of the ocean of perfection, of giving, virtue, etc., which produce mundane and supermundane bliss. Similarly, he can also be called blessed when he can be called possessed uh, of abolishment owing to the following menaces having been abolished. For he has abolished all the hundred thousand kinds of trouble, anxiety and defilement, class as greed, as hate, as illusion, and as misdirected attention as conscienceless and shamelessness, as anger and enmity, as contempt and domineering, as envy and avarice, as deceit and fraud, as obduracy and presumption, as pride, as haughtiness, as vanity and negligence, as craving and ignorance, as the three roots of the unprofitable kinds of misconduct, defilement, stains, fictitious perceptions, applied thoughts, and diversifications. As the four perversenesses, sorry, cankers, tides, floods, bonds, bad ways, cravings, and clingings. As the five wildernesses in the heart, shackles in the heart, hindrances and kinds of delight. As the six fruits of discord and groups of craving. As the seven inherent tendencies, as the eight wrongnesses, 
as the nine things rooted in craving as the ten forces of unprofitable action, as the sixty-two kinds of false view, as the hundred and eight ways of behavior and craving. In brief, the five maras, that is to say, Sorry, I lost uh, the page. Uh, could somebody continue? The maras of defilement, of the aggregates, and of comma formations. Mara as a deity, and Mara as death. And in this context, it is said, he has abolished greed and hate. Delusion too, he is canker free. Abolished every evil state, Blessed his name may rightly be. And by his fortunateness is indicated the excellence of his material body, which bears a hundred characteristics of merit. And by his having abolished defects is indicated the excellence of his Dhamma body. Likewise, by his fortunateness is indicated the esteem of worldly people and by his having abolished defects, the esteem of those who resemble him. And by his fortunes, it is indicated that he is fit to be relied on by laymen. And by his having abolished defects, that he is fit to be relied on by those gone forth into homelessness. And when both have relied on him, they acquire relief from bodily and mental pain, as well as help with both material and Dhamma gifts, and they are rendered capable of finding both mundane and supermundane bliss. He is also called blessed, since he is associated with blessings such as those of the following kind, in the sense that he has those blessings. Now in the world, the word blessing is used for six things, namely, Lordship, Dhamma, fame, glory, wish, and endeavor. He has supreme lordship over his own mind, either of the kind reckoned as mundane and consisting in minuteness, lightness, etc., or that complete in all aspects, and likewise the supramundane Dhamma. And he has exceedingly pure fame, spread through the three worlds, acquired through the special quality of veracity, and he has glory of all limbs, perfect in every aspect, which is capable of comforting the eyes of people eager to see his material body. And he has his wish, in other words, the production of what is wanted, whatever is wanted and needed by him as beneficial to himself or others, is then and there produced for him. And he has the endeavor, in other words, the right effort, which is the reason why the whole world venerates him. Thank you. Danka, can you read 62?
he called blessed when he came when he when he can be called a possessor of what has been analyzed vipatattva owning owing to owing to his having analyzed and clarified all states into the three class classes beginning with the profitable or profitable etc stating to such classes as aggregates basis elements truths faculties dependent origination etc or the noble truths are of suffering into sense of oppressing being formed burning and changing and that of origin into the senses of accumulating source bond and impediment and that of occasion into the senses of escape seclusion being unformed and deathless and that of the path into the senses of outlet cause seeing and predominance having analyzed having revealed having shown them is what is meant he can also be called blessed when he can be called one who has frequented owning to having frequented cultivated repeatedly practiced such mundane and supramundane higher than human states as the heavenly the divine and the noble abidings as bodily mental existential seclusion as the void the desireless and the signless liberations and others as well he can also be called blessed bagawa when he can be called one who has rejected going in the kinds of becoming wantagamano bawesu because in the three kinds of becoming bawa the going gamana in other words craving has been rejected wanta by him and the syllables ba from the word bawa and ga from the word gamana and wa from the word wanta with the letter a lengthened make the word bagawa just as is done in the world of the gr- grammar grammarians outside the dispensation with the word mekala waist girdle since garland for the private parts can be said as long as the meditator recollects the special qualities of the buddha in this way for this and this reason the blessed one is accomplished for this and this reason he is blessed then one that then on that occasion his mind is not obsessed by greed or obsessed by hate or obsessed by delusion his mind has uh, rectitude on that occasion being inspired by the perfect one so when he has thus suppressed the hindrance by preventing obsession by greed etc and his mind faces the meditation subject with rectitude then his applied thought and sustained thought occur with a tendency toward the enlightened one enlightened one's special qualities 
as he continued to exercise applied thought and sustained thought upon the enlightened one's special quality, happiness arises him with his mind happy, with happiness as a proximate cause. His bodily and mental disturbance are tranquilized by tranquility. When the disturbance has been tranquilized, bodily and mental peace arise in him. When he is blissful, his mind, the enlightened one's special quality, for its object becomes concentrated, and so the jhana factors eventually arise in a single moment. But owing to the profundity of the enlightened one's special qualities, or else owing to his being occupied in recollecting special qualities of many sorts. The jhana is only access and does not reach absorption. And that access jhana itself is known as recollection of the Buddha too, because it arises with the recollection of the enlightened one's special quality as the means. When a bhikkhu is devoted to this recollection of the Buddha, he is respectful and deferential towards the Master. He attains fullness of faith, mindfulness, understanding, and merit. He has much happiness and gladness. He conquers fear and dread. He is able to endure pain. He comes to feel as if he were living in the Master's presence. And his body when the recollection of the Buddha's special qualities dwells in it, becomes as worthy of veneration as a shrine room. His mind tends towards the plane of the Buddhas. When he encounters an opportunity for transgression, he has awareness of conscience and shame as vivid as though he were face to face with the Master. And if he penetrates no higher, he is at least headed for a happy destination. Now, when a man is truly wise, his constant task will surely be this recollection of the Buddha, blessed with such mighty potency. This, firstly, is the section dealing with the recollection of the Enlightened One in the detailed explanation. Recollection of the Dhamma One who wants to develop the recollection of the Dhamma should go into solitary retreat and recollect the special qualities of both the Dhamma of the scriptures and the ninefold supramundane Dhamma as follows. The Dhamma is well proclaimed by the Blessed One, visible here and now, not delayed, inviting of instruction, onward leading, and directly experienceable by the wise. Well proclaimed. In this clause, the Dhamma of the scriptures is included as well as the other. 
In the rest of the clauses, only the supramundane Dhamma is included. Herein, the Dhamma of the scriptures is well proclaimed because it is good in the beginning, the middle, and the end. And because it announces the life of purity that is utterly perfect and pure with meaning and with detail. Even a single stanza of the Blessed One's teaching is good in the beginning with the first word, good in the middle with the second, third, etc. And good in the end with the last word because the Dhamma is altogether admirable. A sutta with a single sequence of meaning is good in the beginning with the introduction, good in the end with the conclusion and good in the middle with what is in between. A sutta with several sequence of meaning is good in the beginning with the first sequence of meaning, good in the end with the last sequence of meaning, and good in the middle with the sequence of meaning in between. Furthermore, it is good in the beginning with the introduction giving the place up and the origin giving the reason for its utterance. It's good in the middle because it suits those susceptible of being taught since it is unequivocal in meaning and reason with cause and example. It is good in the end with its conclusion that inspires faith in the hearers. Also, the entire Dhamma of the dispensation is good in the beginning with virtue as one's own well-being. It is good in the middle with serenity and insight and with path and fruition. It is good in the end with nibbana, or alternatively, it is good in the beginning with virtue and concentration. It is good in the middle with insight and the path. It is good in the end with fruition and nibbana, or alternatively, it is good in the beginning because it is the good discovery made by the Buddha. It is good in the middle because it is the well-regulatedness of the Dhamma. It is good in the end, because it is the good way entered upon by the Sangha. Or alternatively, it is good in the beginning, as the discovery of what can be attained by one who enters upon the way of practice in conformity after hearing about it. It is good in the middle, as the unproclaimed enlightenment of Paseka Buddhas, it is good in the end as the enlightenment of disciples. And when listened to, it does good through hearing it because it suppresses the hindrances, thus it is good in the beginning. And when made the way of practice, it does good through the way being entered upon because it brings the bliss of serenity and insight, thus it is good in the middle. And when it has thus been made the way of practice and the fruit of the way is ready, it does good through the fruit of the way because it brings unshakable equipoise, thus it is good in the end. So it is well proclaimed because of being good in the beginning, the middle and the end.
Thank you. Naka, can you read 72? Now the life of purity, that is to say, the life of purity of the dispensation and life of purity of the path, which the blessed one announces, which he shows in various ways when he teaches the Dhamma, is with meaning because of perfection of meaning and it is with detail because of perfection of detail as it is proper that it should be it is with meaning because it conforms to the wor words declaring its meaning by pronouncing clarifying revealing expounding and explaining it 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 is with detail because it has perfection of syllables, words, details, style, language, and descriptions. It is with meaning owing to profound profundity, profundity of meaning and profundity of penetration. It is with detail owing, owing to the profundity of law and profundity of teaching. It is with meaning because it is the province province of discri discriminations of meaning and prospectivity. It is with detail because it is the province of the discriminations of law and of language. It is with meaning since it inspires confidence in persons of discretion being experienceable by the wise. It is with detail since it inspires confidence in worldly persons being a fit object of faith. It is with meaning because its intention is profound. It is with hell because its words are clear. It is utterly perfect with a complete perfection due to absence of anything that can be added. It is pure with the immaculateness due to absence of anything to be subtracted. Okay, this paragraph is talking about, is referring to a, another um, description of the Dhamma. So we have the main description above, Swakato Bhagavata Dhammo Sanditiko. If you look, if you scroll up, you'll see. You see on the earlier page, right at the top of the last page, the Dhamma is well proclaimed by the Blessed One, etc., etc. That's the main clause. But elsewhere it is said, if you scroll down, to the next page. Right, where it says, so it is well proclaimed because it announces the life of purity that is utterly perfect and pure with meaning and with detail. This is uh, another, on page 211 near the bottom, this is another um, description of the Dhamma. I just want to point it out because otherwise you wonder why are they saying with meaning and with detail. The Pali is satang sabayanjanang kevala paripunang parisuddhang brahmacharyang pakasesi. This is what the, the Buddha has proclaimed. The Buddha has proclaimed the path, uh, the li proclaimed the life of purity or announced the life of purity that is utterly perfect and pure with meaning and detail. It's actually the Buddha that announces, not the Dhamma that announces. The Buddha announces the Dhamma means he announces the life of purity that is utterly perfect and pure with meaning and with detail. Atta and Bayanjana 
are two aspects of the Dhamma that are often described. Vyanjana is the literal uh, text. Atta is the meaning behind the text. And these two aspects are dis- are differentiated. It's one thing to know the, the literal words, which are important. It's important to get the wording right, so you don't... So as a result, you get the meaning right. Both are important. If you just rely on the meaning, that but get the wording wrong, well, if you get the wording wrong, then you get the meaning wrong. But if you just have the wording without the meaning, also useless, also problematic, because you might get the meaning wrong. So you have to get both the wording and the meaning right. Wording and meaning are two aspects of the Dhamma. And this paragraph, I don't think they've introduced this this clause announces the life of purity above, but that's what it's referring to. It's a it's a commentary on this sentence which comes below. Thank you, Bhante. Quinn, can you read seventy three? Yeah, sure. Furthermore, it is with meaning because it provides the particular distinction of achievement through practice of the way, and it is with detail because it provides the particular distinction of learning through mastery of scripture. It is utterly perfect because it is connected with the five aggregates of Dhamma, beginning with virtue. It is pure because it has no imperfections, because it exists for the purpose of crossing over the round of rebirths, flood, and because it is not concerned with worldly things. So it is well proclaimed because it announces the life of purity that is utterly perfect and pure with meaning and with detail. Or alternatively, it is well proclaimed since it has been properly proclaimed with no uh, perversion of meaning. For the meaning of the sectarian law suffers perversion since there is actually no obstruction in the things described. There is obstruct there as obstructive and actually no outlet in the things described there as outlets, which is why their law is ill-proclaimed. But not so the Blessed One's law whose meaning suffers no perversion since the things described there as obstructions and things described there as outlets are so an actual fact. So in the place, the Dhamma of the scriptures is well proclaimed. So this is a meaning of the word Swakato. When studying the Dhamma, the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, we take each word and we contemplate. So this is a contemplation of the word Swakato, which means well proclaimed. And we're not done. 74 is also going to be about Swakato. The supermundane Dhamma is well proclaimed since both the way that accords with Nibbana and the Nibbana that accords with the way have been proclaimed accordingly as it is said. The way leading to Nibbana has been properly declared to the disciples by the Blessed One, and Nibbana and the way meet. Just as the water of the Ganges meets and joins with the water of the Yumana, so too the way leading to Nibbana has been properly declared to the disciples by the Blessed One, and Nibbana and the way meet. And here the noble path, which is the middle way, since it does not approach either extreme, 
is well proclaimed in being proclaimed to be the middle way the fruits of asceticism where defilements are tranquilized are well claimed to in being proclaimed to have tranquilized defilements nibbana whose individual essence is eternal deathless the refuge the shelter etc is well proclaimed to in being proclaimed to have an individual essence that is eternal and so on so the supermundane dharma is also well proclaimed visible here and now firstly the noble path is visible here and now since it can be seen by a noble person himself when he has done away with greed etc in his own continuity according as it is said when a man is died with greed brahman and is overwhelmed and his mind is obsessed by greed then he thinks for his own affliction he thinks for others are the others affliction he thinks for the affliction of both and he experiences mental suffering and grief when grief has been abandoned he neither thinks for he for his own affliction or nor thinks for others affliction nor thinks for the affliction of both and he does not experience mental suffering and grief this brahman is now the dharma is visible here and now furthermore the ninefold supermundane dhamma are is also visible here and now since when anyone has attained it it is visible to him through reviewing knowledge without his having to rely on faith in another or alternatively the view that is recommended is proper view it conquers by means of purview thus is has proper view for in this way the noble path conquers the firmaments by means of the proper view associated with it and the noble fruition does so by means of the proper view that is its cause and nibbana does so by means of the proper view that has nibbana as its objective field so the ninefold supramundane dhamma has the proper view since it conquers by means of proper view just as a charioteer is so called because he conquers by means of a chariot or alternatively it is seen that is called the seen dendita and sandita are identical in meaning as seen it is worthy of being seen thus it is visible here and now for the supreme <coughs> sorry for the supramundane dhamma law rests in the fearful round of kama etc as soon as it is seen by means of 
penetration consisting in development of the path and by means of penetration consisting in realization of Nibbana. So it is visible here in Sanditika since it is worthy of being seen, Dita, just as one who is clothable, Batika, Batihika, is called, it's called because he is worthy of clothes, but It has no delay in the matter of giving its own fruit. Thus it is without delay, akala, akala. Without delay is the same as not delayed, akalika. What is meant is that instead of giving its fruit after creating a delay, using up time, say five days, seven days, it gives its fruit immediately next to its own occurrence. Or alternatively, what is delayed, kalika, literally what takes time, is what needs some distant time to be reached before it can give its fruit. What is that? It is the mundane law of profitable kama. This, however, is undelayed, na kalika, because its fruit comes immediately next to it. So it is not delayed. This is said with reference to the path. It is worthy of invitation to inspect, given thus, come and see this Dhamma, thus it is inviting of inspection. But why is it worthy of this invitation? Because it is found and because of its purity. For if a man has said that there is money or gold in an empty fist, he cannot say, come and see it. Why not? Because it is not found. And on the other hand, while dung or urine may well be found, a man cannot, for the purpose of cheering the mind by exhibiting beauty, say, Come and see this. On the contrary, they have to be covered up with grass and leaves. Why? Because of their impurity. But this ninefold supramundane Dhamma is actually found in its individual essence, and it is as pure as the full moon's disk in a cloudless sky as a gem of pure water on a bleached cloth. Consequently, it is worthy of the invitation to inspect, since it is found and pure, thus it is inviting of inspection. Onward leading. The word opanaika, onward leading, is equivalent to the gerund upanitaba, ought to can be induced. Here is the exposition. An inducing upanaya, upanayana is an inducement, upanaya. As the four paths and four fruitions, this dhamma is worth inducing upanayanam arahati, that is arousing in one's own mind subjectively by means of development without any questions of whether or not one's clothing or one's head is on fire. Thus it is onward leading, opanayika, 
And this applies to the above-mentioned eight formed supermundane states, dhammas, but the unformed dhamma is worth inducing by one's own mind to become the mind's object. Thus it is onward leading to. The meaning is that it is worth treating as one's shelter by realizing it. Oh, what it will do, what induces Upaneti, the noble person onwards to Nibbana is the noble path, which is thus inductive. Upaneya, again, what can ought to be induced? Upanetabha, or to realize is the Dhamma consisting in fruition and Nibbana, which is thus inductive. Upaneya, to the word Upanaya is the same as the word Upanaika. Is directly experienceable by the wise. It can be experienced by all the kinds of wise men, beginning with the Akili wise. Each in himself thus, the path has been developed, fruition attained, and cessation realized by me. For it does not happen that when a preceptor has developed the path, his co-resident abandons his defilements, nor does a co Co-resident dwells dwell in comfort, owing to the preceptor's attainments, attainment of fruition. Nor does he realize the nibbana realized by the preceptor. So this is notable in the way that an ornament or and others had is, but rather it is visible only in one's own mind. What is meant is that it can be undergone by wise men, but it is not the province of fools. Now, in addition, this Dhamma is well proclaimed. Why? because it is visible here and now. It is visible here and now because it is not delayed. It is not delayed because it invites inspection. And what invites inspection is onward leading. As long as the meditator recollects the special qualities of the Dhamma in this way, then on that occasion his mind is not upset by greed, or obsessed by hate, or obsessed by delusion. His mind has rectified on that occasion, being inspired by the Dhamma. So when he has suppressed the hindrances in that way, already described the jhana factors arise in a single conscious moment. But owing to the profundity of the Dhamma specialties, or else owing being occupied and recollecting spiritual qualities of many sorts, the jhana is only access and does not reach absorption. And that access jhana 
itself is known as the recollection of the Dhamma. Two, because it arises with the recollection of the Dhamma special qualities as the means. Riku is devoted to this recollection of the Dhamma. He thinks, I never in the past met a master who taught a law that led onward thus, who possess this talent, nor do I know see any such a master other than the blessed one. Seeing the Dhamma's special qualities in this way, he is so respectful and deferential towards the master. He entertains great reverence for the Dhamma and attains fullness of faith, and so on. He has much happiness and gladness. He conquers fear and dread. He is able to endure pain. He comes to feel as he were living in the Dhamma's, Dhamma's presence. In his body, when the recollection of the Dhamma's special qualities dwells in it, becomes as worthy of veneration as a shrine room. His mind tends towards the realization of the peerless Dhamma. When he encounters an opportunity for transgression, he has vivid awareness of conscience and shame on recollecting the well-regulatedness of the Dhamma. And if he penetrates no higher, he's at least headed for a happy destiny. Now, when a man is truly wise, his constant tax will surely be this recollection of the Dhamma blessed with such mighty potency. This is the section dealing with the recollection of the Dhamma in the detailed explanation. One who wants to develop the recollection of the community should go into solitary retreat and collect the special qualities of the community of noble ones as follows. The community of the blessed ones, disciples, has entered on the good way. The community of the blessed one's disciples has entered on the straight way. The community of the blessed one's disciples has entered on the true way. The community of the blessed one's disciples has entered on the proper way. That is to say, the four pairs of men, the eight persons, this community of the blessed one's disciples is fit for gifts, fit for hospitality, fit for offerings, fit for reverential salutation as an incomparable field of merit for the world. Herein entered on the good way is thoroughly entered on the way. What is meant is that it has entered on a way that is the right way, the way that is irreversible, the way that is in conformity with, the, with truth, the way that has no opposition, the way that is regulated by the Dhamma. They hear attentively the Blessed One's instruction, thus they are his disciples. The community of the disciples is the community of those disciples. The meaning is that the total of disciples forms a communality because it possesses in common both virtue and right view. That right way, being straight, unbent, uncrooked, unwarped, is called noble and true 
and is known as proper owing to its becomingness, therefore the noble community that has entered on that is also said to have entered on the straight way, entered on the true way, and entered on the proper way. Those who stand on the path can be understood to have entered on the good way, since they possess the right way. And those who stand in fruition can be understood to have entered on the good way with respect on the way that is now past, since by means of the right way they have realized what should be realized. Furthermore, the community has entered on the good way because it has entered on the way according as instructed in the well-proclaimed Dhamma and discipline, Dhamma Vinaya. And because it has entered on the Immaculate Way, it has entered on the straight way because it has entered on the way avoiding the two extremes and taking the middle course. And because it has entered on the way of abandonment of the faults of bodily and verbal crookedness, tortuousness, and warpedness, it has entered on the true way because Nibbana is what is called true, and it has entered on the way with that as its aim. It has entered on the proper way because it has entered on the way of those who are worthy of the proper acts of veneration. The word Yadidam, that is to say, Yani Mani, the four pairs of men, taking them pairwise, the one who is on the first path and the one who stands in the first fruition as one pair, in this way, there are four pairs, the eight persons, taking them by persons, the one who stands on the first path as the one and the one who stands in the first fruition as one. In this way, there are eight persons, and there are in the compound Purisapuggala persons. The words Purisa and Puggala have the same meaning, but it is expressed expressed in the same way to suit different dif differing susceptibility to teaching. This community of blessed one's disciples, this community of blessed one's disciples taken, taken by pairs as the four pairs of men, Purisa, and individually as eight persons, Purisa Puggala. Okay, I'm going to stop us there because I have to go eat lunch. Uh, we can come back for Polly, but I have to take at least 20 minutes. So if you're still around, um, say 20 minutes, I should be back by then for Polly. Thank you, Bhante. Thank you, Bhante. Sadhu Bhante.